Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nights Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I am Tim. Today we're going to talk about some listener feedback. We're going to go over what we've been watching. And then finally we are going to end with a review of the Coen Brothers' Hail Caesar. But before we get to all that, feedback at MidwestFilmNights.com is where you can write to us. Let us know what you think of the show, the things that we talk about. We're also at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, Vine, iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio, all those places. Search for Midwest Film Nights Podcast. And uh, you can shop at Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. That'll bring you, or that'll bring us a little bit of money that you spend at Amazon.com normally, and uh, we can use it to make the show and network even better. So uh, I said we'd start up with some uh, feedback here. Number one of which, I'm, there's a little bit of a backlog since I've been gone. We had Gordon write in uh, from. Uh, Germany, I believe. And he had a lot of nice things to say. He said, uh, and he said, having said all that, I always wondered how I can contribute to the podcast. The only thing you advertise is shopping through Amazon, but as I come from Germany, this doesn't seem to be an option for me. If you announce something at some point and I miss it, I would love to know. Right now, we don't have anything yet. We're working on getting like a donations page and and kind of a web store going, and that still may not be fully international. There might be some limitations to that, but it's in the works. We're working on it, and trust me, as soon as we have a way for you to give us more money, we will let you know. <laughs> um, Gordon also wrote in his PS, hope you, guys, hope you get to watch, a chance to watch, he said The Room, but it's Room. I, yeah, the new Room, oh, room. movie. The not, Brie Larson, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Brie Larson movie, not the Tommy Wiseau movie. <laughs> And he said, based on what I've heard from you guys, I think you're going to love it. It probably won't win much, but it is my personal favorite Oscar nominee of the year, my this year's Whiplash. Uh, and then he said, PPS, what are your top five or ten favorite movies of all time? doesn't have to be in a particular order. Have you ever discussed it? And if not, would you like to spare some time in an episode or dedicate a bonus episode on this? I think it's a good idea. We should do it at some point. I've done it before. Yeah. It's just kind of a fun exercise in my head. I think but, I've thought about it before, but yeah. I can't really, like, once I get below I think two, we've had this exact conversation really a lot. I think, yeah, yeah it comes up a lot where we, or at we, least it has. We dance past. around it at least. Yeah. But I, think, I mean, uh, both on and off the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, it, that could be fun. It, it Will probably happen at some point when we've run out of ideas and there's no good movies out. There you go. We should uh, just put out the the message to all the listeners to write in like what are their top five of all time and just do like a comprehensive, a community yeah, community whole huge top fun. five. Episode. Yeah. yeah, I think it'd be kind of fun. And I should say Gordon also wrote in with all of his Oscar picks, so I'm going to add that to our spreadsheet of Willie and Tim and I's picks and Nick if you have a list Holy as well. Cow. Something gotten around to <laughs> Then we can add them all together and see uh, how how we do at the end of the or after the Oscars are finished. How we do, yeah. How we do. We know how we do. So, Gordon, <laughs> thank you for writing in. Glad to hear that you're out there, even after two years of listening. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's nice to know that there's another yes, person out there. Uh, every every lurker that messages in to let us know they're actually listening is like that's one more episode you get before we all throw in the towel exactly <laughs> like gordon just bought another six months of podcast and he doesn't even know it he just refreshed us for for enough um jason kimmel wrote in he gave me his top 11 movies of last year i'm probably gonna post it in on our on our website but i'll give the quick rundown he said number 11 is me earl and the dying girl number 10 is dope Number nine of Beast is Beast of No Nation. Number eight is Ex Machina. Number seven is Inside Out. Number six is The Big Short. Number five is Spotlight. Number four is Hateful Eight. Number three is Star Wars. Number two is Mad Max. And number one is Room. Uh, he's got a bunch of... Very cool. Uh, like, 
explanations here, and they're all pretty pretty interesting to read. So we will definitely. Why eleven? Is there an explanation for that? that? I don't. I, I, he probably just didn't want to leave off me, Earl and Dying Girl. That would be my guess. And then he also said, uh, I think he, he wrote back like later that day, and he said something. He said, also, oops, literally forgot about Creed. Should be an Oscar vote. <laughs> <laughs> I love Creed beginning and end, and I thought it was the best Rocky since the original. I'm hoping for a series of Creed movies. Surely that will happen. Whenever Rocky dies, I will cry so hard. I guess put it at 10 over dope for me. Oops. <laughs> oh, man, I was just about to say it's cool that dope made it on somebody else's mention somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, well. Eh. well, then dope would be at 11. Yeah, so it's still, it's still on his list. Yeah, it's just a longer list. Yeah. So thank you for writing in, Jason. I'll make sure to post that. Uh, check out the show notes. Go to midwestfilmmoves.com to see what else he said. Um, what else do we got here? I wanted to mention we got an email from uh, Matt Hurt over at the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. We're going to be partaking in their uh, annual compilation Oscar uh, podcast and we are in charge of talking about the category with the most homework uh adapted screenplay so none of us have for sure read any of the books yeah but we got it we got a little bit yeah we we, <laughs> we, we can talk about it a little bit the nominees are the big short brooklyn carol the martian and room and we're going to try and do as much homework beforehand as possible yes but uh it's like a book club yeah <laughs> should all each read one <laughs> They I'm, do have the scripts out for most of those online too. Okay, so I I am sixty way the sixty percent of the way through listening to The Martian. Okay, so I've kind of done that homework. But how is it? It's good. The movie's better. You haven't finished it yet. The movie's better. <laughs> I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> the, the third act of the book has to be better than the third act of the movie. Mm. Mm. No, because the third act of the movie is actually the second half of the book. Mm. <laughs> grumble, grumble. <laughs> anyway, uh, so look for that. We're that'll be coming out. I think the the weekend before the Oscars are out. But check out the Obsessive Viewer podcast. Uh, they they seem pretty awesome, and we're excited to be working with them. Uh, finally, we got another couple lists here from Alistair, our friend Alistair Connell. Uh, formerly in Hong Kong, but now in in uh, England, it seems. He said, Ni hao film nerds, it was a pleasure to find that I'm not the only one now accustomed to calling the witch the vitch. <laughs> <laughs> With like seven capital Vs. <laughs> he said, and a pleasure to hear you most anticipated list for 2016. I too look forward to learn, uh, tearing gods of Egypt a new asshole. And as a red-blooded Brit, I am compelled to join you in stumping for Benedict Cumberbatch, OBE, Order of the British Empire, whatever. Yeah. Uh, in Doctor Strange, the man's a bloody national treasure. He said, I'm guessing Alex will need some light reading for the flight back from Japan, so I've included a couple links to my own most anticipated articles, English language movies, and foreign language movies. Hope you guys enjoy the, enjoy the foreign language selections on there. I'm waiting to see Goodnight Mummy before I listen to your episode on it, and hope that you're intrigued as I am by this production still. <laughs> I'm not entirely certain what that's from. It basically looks like a King Kong movie. Now, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. So, anyway, if you want to find out what this terrifying production still is from, you can check out these lists also on our show notes. Uh, Alistair also said, here's looking forward to another year of great MFN podcasts and great movies. Best wishes from the People's Republic of South London. Is this an Alistair. upcoming movie this still is from? I, I assume so. It's probably a foreign language movie. Please, Alistair, write us back in. <laughs> <laughs> or Let give me, us a hint can, so we can yeah, play a game. I can, I can t- I, okay, it's called the Brand New Testament. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's I not think. Dawn of the Rise of the... Or maybe not. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I don't know. We'll do more research. Check it out on Alistair's list. Oh, it's which, on his anticipated list. Okay, yes, gotcha. Yes. So on, on his uh, most anticipated foreign language film list. So. Okay. All right. I think that's it for that. We can that's talk awesome. about. Yeah, that was a lot of feedback. Thank you, Thank everybody. You. Let's get that on a weekly basis. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, it's the only reading Alex gets in. So, <laughs> and even <laughs> that I do poorly. Um, so, what have we been watching, Nick? You've oh, been watching a lot of stuff because you've been traveling. Too. I've been flying all over the place, and 
Ever since I found out from a friend that you can, if you have an Amazon Prime uh, membership, you can download their streaming, some of their streaming movies to a to a tablet or a smartphone or whatever, yeah. and watch it offline. And this blew my mind. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, <laughs> here we go. So <clears throat> the only thing on here that uh, I actually want, uh, not, this was on Netflix, uh, The Rundown. I've never seen... you. I watched The Rundown like last week too. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> the weirdest high five. Yeah, um, yeah I went left handed for some reason. No, I, got... yeah, I don't know why I did that either. I guess it was slightly easier. Uh, anyway, so I must have rented the rundown when we all worked at Family Video like at least a dozen times. It's always a dollar, or I'd get the free rents and be like, oh man, I know Ernie Reyes Jr. is in this movie and I really want to watch it. <laughs> so I finally got around to it. I watched it with my girlfriend, and she was like, oh yeah, it's awesome. Stifler's great in it. And I was like, okay. Um, Stifler's not great in it, actually. He was the only thing I didn't really like. I was like, oh, he's kind of annoying. But The Rock uh, was great. Every Christopher Walken is awesome in yeah. it. The action is really good. I didn't realize it was directed by Peter Berg, either. I think it's a relatively mm. early Peter Berg yeah. joint. And uh, it's really well done. Like, I had a great time while I was watching it. Um, we had fun playing, like who would play this character now like if the movie was made today because i was watching and i was like okay chris pratt is immediately sean william scott <laughs> and zoe saldana is immediately rosario yeah. dawson the rock is still the rock though <laughs> yeah. which only further propelled his stardom in my mind to even higher heights which is how is this previously attainable i don't know but it made me realize that the rock really is the modern arnold because there are certain roles that he is literally the only person capable of playing the same way arnold was and it's really cool because in the rundown, Arnold crosses paths with him right at the beginning and basically like kind of passes the torch to him. He goes, "Have fun." He says, "Have fun." Yeah. And then the movie, and then the movie begins, and you're like, "Okay." And the Rock was probably like, "Thank you for your blessing." I love that pre-credits sequence where it like it's goes awesome. through like all the football players all the and all their stats and, and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. The, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. It is really cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I, I was like, you know, this movie definitely reeks of like early two thousands, but in like the good way. Yeah. Not like a corn music video or something. <laughs> so I really I liked that. That's um good. but anyway, then on my crazy Amazon Prime binge, I watched Seven Psychopaths, which I had never seen before. Have you guys seen? I've seen Seven no, Psychopaths. I, wanted to. I liked it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It starts off a little weird. I couldn't really get in it felt like it it couldn't really <sighs> It's kind of like in Forrest Gump when he's running with the braces and he can't really get a rhythm down. And then they break off his legs and he's just then he starts going. That's the way Seven Psychopaths is. Like mm-hmm. he can't really find its footing at first and then it just breaks free and takes off and it's really great. The ending is awesome. It's the guy who did In Bruges, right? <clears throat> yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think In Bruges is better. But it is better, yeah. Sam yeah. Rockwell and Seven Psychopaths is so, so, so good. <laughs> Even for Sam Rockwell's standards, he's fantastic. Uh, it's, it's fun. Colin Farrell's confusing in it, but that's another thing for another day. Um... <laughs> I watched Enemy. Well, did we it have in the new? Yes. <laughs> I, I did see Enemy. A, I know. A while ago, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's cool. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of good things going for it. I really like Jake Gyllenhaal in it. I like all the actors in it. Actually, were really good. Um, but I think it was a little bit. I think he tried to be a little more oblique is yes how I would, then yeah. yeah that's exactly what you said in the group text yeah. actually um yeah i think it might have been trying a little bit much it was a little too artsy i can see why i think i can see why Jillian hall was kind of drawn to it because he's been kind of heading for that territory lately but uh it was good it was an engaging watch for sure there was a lot of repetition in it that i thought was really cool yeah. but Anyway, we can talk about that another time, maybe when Tim's seen it or, or if we want to spoil it, spoil it a little bit. <clears throat> I do think it's worth a watch. Just yeah. expect to be confused a little yeah. bit at the end. But you, you know, it's, you, it's you, a movie where you'll like probably want to do some reading on it. After yes, and I was just going to say it. Actually, the reason I am really glad I watched it is we've been we've been watching. It feels like a lot of just I don't even want to say easy movies, but I haven't I haven't watched a movie in a while that's really made me stop and think about what I saw or made me have to kind of peel back the layers and find like the hidden meanings of it and watch like somebody really write something with the intention of of playing with how you think. Yeah. And so after doing some reading and, and the Amazon Prime download actually included a uh Q and A with Jill and Hall and Denis and it was uh it was really uh insightful and enlightening and it made me like the movie a lot more. And so it's always cool with movies like that where you can kind of see the what the director and actor think and it, it 
kind of sheds a little light on it and gives you a new appreciation. So it's cool sometimes to know that people are making movies and they're not just movies. Like there's there's more to it than that. Yeah. And they're putting some they're they're tipping the needle a little bit more towards that art, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Uh I watched the first episode of Born to Death and I watched the first episode of Justified. Very different shows. <laughs> <laughs> Both I've been wanting to watch for a long time. Justified was really corny. Have you guys ever watched no, Justified? I want to. <clears throat> no, I've always wanted to. Yeah. Oh, it's super corny. Yeah. It's so corny. It, it's everything that I love about westerns, where there's one character who's just he's too cool and he's like too too good at everything and too perfect to to exist. And you're watching it going, ugh, just rolling your eyes and be like, ah, this is so dorky. <laughs> this guy could just walk into a saloon and everyone turns and is like, ugh. like it's that kind of thing. Uh, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. It's, it was kind of fun. Walton Goggins is in it. I was gonna say, and, yeah, and he's it, yeah. he's pretty awesome <laughs> as always. Yes, um, but yeah, it was a fun watch. I think I'd like to watch more of it. I only started watching because I really want to rewatch Deadwood mm. slash finish Deadwood because I never did. And I was like, well, here's the other Timothy Oliphant Western <laughs> show, so I'll watch that one. Uh, and it, you know, it was solid. Bored to Death is great. The first episode is a, so hilarious. A little bit of Bored to Death, but I it didn't capture my attention. It's. I really like all the the film noir tropes and all the detective story tropes. And Jason Schwartzman's character is hilarious yeah. because he's just living in this fantasy land, and it's really fun to watch. Ted Danson, man, he is a <laughs> national treasure. Let's talk about some American national treasures. Ted Danson I'm is. Talk about Ted Danson. He is so funny right off the bat. He grabs you instantly, and he's funny, and he just is just uh, effortless. Yeah. It's, it's really funny to watch. I'm excited to keep watching more. And it, the only thing I could see some people being a little turned off by, and, and maybe the, part of the reason you were, Alex, is it's very, very quippy. And yeah. it's very clever. And it knows it's clever. And I was describing it to my other friend, and I said, you know, it's the type of show it's, or movie that you can really tell is written by writers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, like, writers going, whoa, <laughs> yeah. here we go. And, like, <laughs> doing little jigs and little little... <laughs> Little dances and shimmies at their keyboards, like, like just scatting and bebopping everywhere. Like uh, I imagine Aaron Sorkin does when he writes. Yeah. It's a lot like that, where yep. it's just like joke, 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 quip, quip, quip. Everyone's so funny. And the, the actors in it are amusing enough, and there's few enough characters that it works. Uh, for now, anyway. I'm yeah. excited to watch more. Almost done. Uh, save the best for last, which I already <laughs> talked to Tim about a little bit briefly. I watched Slow West. Mm. This movie is so slow. It is, it's hilarious. I think it's the only movie that makes flights go by slower. <laughs> because it took me three flights to watch this movie. And then we looked it up at my house the other day during the Super Bowl. And it's like an hour and 24 minutes. <laughs> it's like Jonah Hex length. And it took so long. And it's not bad. And someone else out there has to have watched this movie. So if anyone has seen Slow West with Michael Fassbender... And uh, Cody Smith McPhee and uh, the Hound from Game of Thrones and some other people. <clears throat> ben Men. Ben Men. Yeah, how could I forget? Because he's wasted. That's how, <laughs> that's how I forgot. Um, please write in and let me know slash us know what you thought. Because I didn't dislike it. It's just very slow. And I can see why it, it's in keeping with a lot of other Western styles. And I could see why a lot of people are just like, ugh, Westerns are boring. Yeah. Because this one is kind of boring for the first and some of the second act. But it's it's got a lot of it feels like a collection of scenes and not a movie until it gets to almost the third act and then it really gets good and I loved the ending of it, um, for the most part. But there there's ugh, you guys just have to watch it at some point. Not that you ever will, so <laughs> it's fine. But anyway, Michael Fassbender is really good in it, and Cody Smith McPhee. This is probably like the fourth movie I've seen him in, and it's the fourth movie that he just like kind of snoozed through. I don't think he's I don't know if he's meant to be an actor. It's really strange. <laughs> and I'm really nervous about X Men now because. I got to get a good Nightcrawler at some point. It's just yeah. not going to be fair if I don't. So, anyway, that's my uh, Amazon Prime Blitz. Their selection <laughs> is not quite as good as Netflix. It's not nearly as good as Netflix is actually. But there's some stuff on there where if you're if you're on a, a, a lot of flights or you're you know that kind of thing, it's it's great for that. It's the kind of it's the kind of outlet where I see like Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> this is the only way I'm ever going to watch this movie. <laughs> So I download it and then I watch it. So <laughs> I'll be sure to accrue. I have a couple more flights coming up uh, in the next couple months, actually. So I'll be sure to accrue some more and uh, well, easy, Lizzie, and uh, <laughs> drop some more reviews from really sounds good random movies. 
All right, uh, Tim, what have you been watching? Um, a couple of things. The new X Files. Um, yeah, how's yeah. that? I, I, I haven't watched the latest one. The fourth episode. Yeah. Of the time of this recording is the newest one. Um, the third episode was so good that like I don't care how the rest of them were. First episode sucked. Second episode. It was fine. It was good. Third episode was amazing. It was so good. That's what the buzz was, that people were like, don't worry, it's going to get better. (laughs) Yeah, and it got better. Um, Are there six total? There's going to be six total. I think it's it's worth bringing back. It's definitely better than the last movie, which is one of the worst things um, I've ever seen. (laughs) It's so bad. Wow. Uh, Yeah. um, (laughs) Considering who that's coming from. So it was a, a nice rebound so far, a nice little capper. And I've heard the fourth episode's really good, too. Um, blank Check. I watched Blank Check because I kept telling... Blank Check is like a 90s Disney movie, and it came out when I was young. It came out when most of my friends were young. And I go, I've never seen Blank Check. And they go, what? Like, everybody was like, what? I had never even heard of this movie until the other day. And I watched it. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I may have liked it better as a kid. I don't know if I would. Probably. Yeah. I didn't like this little kid. He's a little brat. <laughs> He's a spoiled little you brat. He didn't deserve the blank check. No, he did not deserve the he, His family hates him. <laughs> Right. He's greedy. Like he he spends the whole time, I don't remember, doing like accounting and stuff. It's uh, boy. <laughs> he's kind of creepy too. Yeah, he's kind of creepy. He is um he's been arrested a few times, I think. He's uh, he's had some drug problems too, so. So, I hope he gets better. Um, That'd be good. <laughs> Have you seen Remote? No. What is Remote? Oh man. See, blank check, you're kind of getting into that like dump in of like <laughs> home alone ripoffs where they're right. like ooh, what other movies with little plucky blonde boys can we make in weird predicaments yeah remote is more like home alone okay where this kid's <clears throat> brief brief summary of remote kid is in like a real estate showing home okay <laughs> and he has like a bazillion remote control toys and some robbers are in the home for some reason and he uses his remote control toys to <laughs> to combat them he has he has like one big badass remote that controls like everything and he's got all these switches and shit. It's really stupid. <laughs> but kind of infamous in this circle because my brother used one of the actors from remote named Tony Longo in the movie game to stump either me or Willie. And so it lives on an in infamy and Willie will just go Tony Longo. And then he's one of the two robbers. <laughs> so there's some insight into my brother too, but remote. Yeah, remote. There, there's okay. a whole wave. I'll have to see L- that. Like all, like maybe all, that's what I'll start doing with my life. Just watching Home Alone knockoffs. Because yeah, you're right. It kind of like in the '90s, it was oh, kind of yeah. like how they just ripped off Die Hard for a while. Like kids' movies just ripped off Home Alone yeah. over and over. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Oh, uh, even Home Alone started just becoming Ripping more <laughs> recycled Home Alones. <laughs> yeah, I only saw two. I did not see Home Alone three. Yeah, I Home Alone three. Uh, I actually watched a lot when I was younger. Okay. And I think it has Scarlett Johansson in it. Does it? And um, that sounds right. That kid also has a remote control car, <laughs> so maybe Home Alone started ripping off remote. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Oh man. Uh, and then there's two more, real quick. Um, Grease the live special, which was fantastic. <laughs> it was so good. There is a like a tracking shot at the beginning of this. Like there were certain technical things during this that like blew my mind. I was like, how did they do that? Cuz they like follow they kind of do like a Birdman thing. And this is a live show. They do a Birdman thing where they follow um like Jessie J is her name and she's a pop star. Mm. And they follow her and she's singing um she's singing Grease and they follow her all the way out and like people are coming out of their dressing room. Like actors in the show are coming out of their dressing room and be like, hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. And then they follow her out into like this gi- like giant parking lot in front of the school, like the Grease parking lot, and everybody just breaks into a giant dance number. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, how did they do all this? Like, And then I go online. Twitter is the worst. Like, I go online, and it's just a bunch of people who, like me, did nothing all day, crapping all over these people who work millions of hours to produce <laughs> this amazing spectacle on live TV. And it's just people on Twitter going, this sucks. Grease sucks. I like Grease, too. So that had something to do with it. But I'm like, uh, so seek that out, at least. Um, there were a couple things that they did on that that I was like, whoa, impressive. And um, the music was, uh, a lot of the singers, Vanessa Hudgens' dad died yeah. the night before the live show, and she went out and did an amazing like performance of uh, an original song, I believe, because it's more based on the musical, I think. Okay. And I was like, whoa. That's <laughs> like, cool. What That's a badass. Um, yeah. Um, and then Diary of a Teenage Girl. Um, Kristen Wiig 
and oh god mm. it's an indie movie it's really yeah. good kind of it's it's really it's directed by yorma from the lonely island his wife um directed this okay and um it's a really kind of dark um almost I don't want to say seedy, but it's about a girl who's like 17 or 18 and she's kind of coming of age sexually. And she, is it Alexander Sarsgaard? I want to say, is that, yes. a, is that a person? Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah and he plays kind of like a bum that's dating Kristen Wiig at the time. And they have like a tryst between okay. them. And, um, Ooh. it's really Christopher Maloney's in this too. Christopher so. Maloney plays like a, um, like a hyper intelligent, like, like liberal arts teacher kind of no. and he's amazing <laughs> in it. It, it he and Kristen Wiig were and Kristen Wiig's kind of like a free like a free spirit and he yeah. and Kristen Wiig were together at some point I think she she's not his kid but um the main girl in it but really good kind of remind me of um I would guess like a ghost world kind of thing a ghost world um American Splendor because okay. she's a cartoonist in it I really liked it a lot all right you just reminded me by mentioning that I forgot to mention I watched the guest Okay. Um, also on Netflix, I think so. Yeah. Have you seen it? I, well, I've seen the guest. I love the guest. No, I haven't. Yeah, seen it, it was. I liked it a lot. Yeah. That <laughs> was uh, the dude from Downton Abbey. Yeah, Dan Stevens. It is Dan yeah. Stevens, um, and he's it's the director him. of Your Next. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And, uh, I dug that a lot. It, yeah, I liked it better than Your Next for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, different but similar. It's it's interesting. Uh, I actually liked. Uh, I liked pretty much everything about it, actually. Yeah. It was really cool. The soundtrack is really awesome. <laughs> the soundtrack is killer. Dan Stevens is really good. The third act is just awesome. <laughs> you know, it's so It's good. so awesome. And the whole time, you're just like, <laughs> look at that face Steven Dorff makes at the end of Zoolander. We go, huh. <laughs> like, the whole time. It's, uh, yeah, it's, you should watch it for sure. Okay. It has the girl from uh, It Follows. Yeah, yes. Micah Monroe. Yes. Yeah. And so it's, it's at this weird intersection of that kind of movie and yeah. it feels it feels kind of like it follows and it feels kind of like you're next so it's interesting a little terminator I, yeah, yeah 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 i kind of i, I like i like this weird like yeah. it almost feels like a, a new subgenre in the making of i don't know what to call it or what it is it's like a weird like 80s but like more polished and yeah. kind of I don't know. It's interesting. It's a lot of filmmakers that I think were influenced by John Carpenter. And like, and like Jim, Jim Cameron, yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you seen your next? Yes. Okay. Kind and... of. I think I slept through some of it at Willie's house. <laughs> All right. <laughs> as I want to do. Yes. But... Alex has caught, some, caught up on some Z's during the Super Bowl as well. <laughs> Catching up on a lot of Z's yeah. the last couple of days. That's all right. He didn't miss much. Yeah. Um... All right, I watched a movie on the plane there. I really didn't watch that much considering I had two 14-hour flights, but uh, I watched a movie on the way there called um, Sleeping with Other People, which was on my one of my most anti- like my most anticipated last year, oh, yeah. starring Allison Brie and Jason Sudeikis uh, as people that can't hold down relationships because they keep cheating on their significant others, basically, and... There's more to it than that, but uh, it's a pretty charming movie, and I like seeing Jason Sudeikis in a leading role. I think that's a good place for him to be, and it's not something that he gets offered that often, mm-hmm. especially like just him as like a romantic lead is interesting. But um, the movie falls apart in the third act, which oh, yeah. is disappointing. It doesn't quite connect the way that it should, and it... It, that was disappointing, but anyway, it's fun if you want to watch something that's that's funny. Um, I also watched on the way back. I watched Groundhog Day, which I've seen before, but it was Groundhog Day yeah. last week, and God, that movie's so good. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. It's just there's so many different genius things. There's amazing stories about Groundhog Day, talking about how they were going to shoot this scene where bill murray was going to basically tear apart the the room of the bed and breakfast that he's in in like 30 different ways but then uh, harold ramus was basically just like you know what What if we just take that and shorten it to him breaking a pencil at the end of the night and setting it in fr- on top of the clock and then waking up and the pencil's gone and just hearing all those kinds of things really shows you how that movie became so <laughs> timeless or you know for lack of a better term but uh 
it's just an awesome movie and and there's not much that's like it it's a very strange beast and it's awesome uh and then yeah i guess the only other thing that i want to talk about i watched all of fargo season two god that show is good it's so good the the thing about fargo the fargo tv series is basically like it's kind of coen brothers fan fiction almost but the coen brothers are executive producers on it and they can kind of help guide it the way that they would do it and between fargo the movie fargo season one and fargo season two it's like each of them is a deck of cards just shuffled in a different way there's similar characters and there's similar elements and these characters fit into certain roles within the story that unfolds in front of you in similar ways, but also the differences between the seasons like the season two is there's only one common character. I think the father from season one is in season two because it takes place in the seventies. Season one took place in 2006 and um oh so that's the only connective tissue between it and it really gives you this awesome lens and it allows you to kind of bring over some of your feelings on that small character from season one into season two and lets you learn a little bit more about him and the things that happen but everybody in it's amazing ted danson fantastic patrick wilson fantastic uh jeffrey donovan somebody who i haven't really experienced much is ridiculously good. I love Jeffrey Dunn. He's so good in the role that he plays in Fargo season two. But really, everybody, Gene Smart is on there, and um, Kirsten Dunst, right? Kirsten Dunst and um, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell and uh, Landry from Oh Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons, yeah. the, the the kid oh, yeah, from, yeah, sure, from sure. Breaking Bad, is also Meth, on Meth there. Damon. Yeah, Meth Damon. <laughs> evil, evil Meth Damon. But. Uh, Everybody that is on there is fantastic, and I wholeheartedly think that anybody who enjoys anything Coen Brothers should watch Fargo Season 1 and Season 2. You don't even have to watch them in order, but I recommend that you do. And uh, I think Fargo Season 1 is on... I'm pretty certain it's on Hulu. It might be on Netflix, I think too, it's at this on point. Hulu. Yeah, it's definitely on Hulu. Yeah, yeah it's not on Netflix yet. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, okay. I would have watched it. So check it out on Hulu. But Have you seen the movie? Yeah. You yeah. like it? It's been a long time. I did like it. It wasn't one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies, but it's still really, really good. Yeah. Like, it's such an interesting... And the, every episode of the show begins with the, this is based on a true story. Uh, out of respect for the dead, the names have been changed, but out of respect to the living, everything else is told. Like, it, it begins with that thing every single time, and just kind of the weird tacit agreement that those statements are completely false that are also a part of Fargo the movie is very fun and it's a it's a very cool way to set the mood for every episode of the show but I still like season one a little bit more I think season one is a bit of a better picture altogether but uh season two is fantastic yeah and I'm excited to see where season three goes so it doesn't go anywhere. It's probably still in Fargo. Well, technically, none of them have been in Fargo, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Fargo wasn't even in Fargo. <laughs> oh, I thought it was. And it's and season one wasn't in Fargo. Like, there are moments that are in Fargo, and it's about people from Fargo sometimes. <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's kind of funny about in that in that respect. So, yeah, it's good. Well, we'll see how far Fargo will go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great byline for a review that's not going to get written. <laughs> that's how they'll start the, every How far episode is too far for Fargo to go? <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of the Coen brothers, it's time for our review of Hail Perfect. Caesar. The yeah. IMDb synopsis of Hail Caesar says, A Hollywood fixer in the 1950s works to keep the studio stars in line. The movie stars Josh Brolin, George Clooney, Alden Ehrenreich, Ehrenreich, I don't know. Ray Fiennes, Scarlett Johansson, Tilda Swinton, Francis McDormand, Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill, and many, many, many other people. Uh, Fisher Stevens. Yes. Who, <laughs> when, 
the scene where you see Fisher Stevens at like maybe like a minute or two after he's been on screen, where my I'm, my gears have been turning and I'm trying to remember Judd Nelson's name, and I just couldn't. <laughs> Because I really badly wanted to lean over to Nick and be like, hey, it's Judd Nelson. <laughs> Even though I knew it was Fisher Stevens. And then Nick turns to me and he's like, hey, it's Fisher Stevens. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. And then I spent the rest of the movie trying to think of Judd Nelson's name. And I could not do it. But. Anyway. Um, other Coen Brothers movies. What have we talked about on here? Did, we, did you guys do Lewin Davis? I know we talked about it. I don't uh, yeah, know if we, we did. did like a full review, did we? I'm pretty sure we did. We probably. I did. think so. I think yeah. I, I wasn't because I, I just saw it um, this week. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, no way. What did yep. you think? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it's I loved good, it. isn't it? Yeah. It's probably my favorite Coen Brothers movie. Oh wow. I think, out of the ones that I've seen, and okay. I've seen quite a few of them. Okay. But. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that would have been it because a serious man was the one they did before it, and I. I think I lived in Chicago when A Serious Man came out, mm. so that was way before the podcast. So I think yeah. that would have been the only other one that they would have done that came out. Yeah, so. that mu- yeah, that must have been it then. I did s- watch A Serious Man. I rented it from Family Video when yes. I worked there. Yeah, what did you think of that? And I liked it. I love A Serious it's, Man. It's a very weird movie, yeah. but it's it's interesting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's talk about Hail Caesar. Nick, what did you think? Oh, uh, boy. Hail Caesar. Uh, I liked it, I guess. <laughs> the Coens are weird because I think that they're—I don't think I've ever really seen one of their comedies and like really loved it. They're—I think that they—they they make good comedies, but I think they make excellent dramas. And their their sensibility and I think their their idea of what's funny, I generally agree with. But it seems like they are generally satisfied with not telling too much of a story with a comedy. They just mm-hmm. kind of like to set things up and watch them play out. And then it's, they feel like less, less of a movie than a lot of their dramas. So it's been a while since I've seen most Coen brothers movies. The only ones I've seen it, even in the last like six years, seven years say are probably just no country and Lou and Davis. And yeah. I, I haven't rewatched anything old in a long time. So I could just be out of touch with the Coens, and I'm sure revisiting them, now I probably would have a whole different read on their films than uh, when I was like in my early twenties. Anyway, um, I think everybody in it is fantastic. I think all the acting is top notch, and I never know whether to attribute that to the Coens or to the to the cast because yeah. their their acting is always phenomenal. So we'll give it we'll give them both credit, I suppose, because <laughs> they have such weird worlds, and I think finding channeling a lot of these actors into it. <laughs> <laughs> you sickened me. Channingling. Channingling. There's some channingling going on in this movie. I'll tell you what. Uh I think Alden Ehrenreich really shines. I don't know who that guy He's is. He's the cowboy? He, yeah. he was amazing. He is so funny. He's I was captivated whenever he was on screen because I'm like, what is this guy's deal? He's really good. Uh but the casting is so, all right, obviously I don't have much of a review of this movie, <laughs> but what I do have is a rebuttal to a lot of reviews I've read. I'm just going to go with that. I saw a lot of people giving it like three stars out of ten on IMDb and that, and I was reading some of the comments, and some of it I agreed with. They were like, you know, there's nothing happens, it's boring, and I was like, I could see people thinking it's boring. Some some scenes are a little bit too long, some of it's a little too aimless, that's fine. But some of the things people were grousing about, they were like, Channing Tatum and Scarlett Johansson and, and Ray Fiennes are all in this movie for like four minutes. What a waste. It's so stupid. And I'm like, who cares? <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Most yeah. of them are in it for a scene or Jonah Hill's in it for three lines. And that's fine, though. They're all, I mean, they're all good. <laughs> they're all yeah. really good. <laughs> they're well cast and they seem like they're having a good time. And what's the problem? Like, I, I don't understand. This isn't the type of movie where... I don't even know what to liken it to. What? Maybe it's a maybe it's a marketing thing because I do think the movie is really presented as like this hilarious, fun yeah, romp cent- centering around centering yeah. around the George Clooney story. And I'll tell you straight up, that's not what the movie's about. The movie's no. about Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. There, one of his many side quests is involving rescuing George Clooney, but that's not really what the movie's about at all. And I think that I do really love the parallels between. Uh, Eddie, Josh Bowen's character, and the Christ, and uh, and Clooney's character in Hail Caesar. I think that's really funny watching the two stories play out, kind of 
in parallel to each other and how Eddie is this deeply like religious person, but he's kind of the Christ figure to all of these little Hollywood misfits and, and screw ups. And it's, it's really interesting to watch. I did really enjoy that. And I was like, man, what mess is he going to have to mop up now? <laughs> but I don't understand complaints like that. Like you must be, if you're a huge Jonah Hill fan, yeah, you're going to be let down. He's not in this movie <laughs> yeah. very much, but that's go watch 22 jump instead. At any rate, it looks great. Roger Deakins is back with the Coens. That's cool. Uh, the Coens are, they're good as always. The writing is really funny. There are some scenes that are hilarious. I mean, hilarious. Mm-hmm. There there were a couple of times where the whole theater, I don't want to say the whole theater, like we were in some sold out megaplex, but <laughs> there were like 30 people on our screening, but the, everyone was laughing. And there were yeah. some parts where Alex, you and I were the only two people yeah. laughing. <laughs> and I didn't care at all because it was really funny. Uh, so it does have some really good stuff, but it's a little meandering. It's a little, it's a little slow. And ultimately I was kind of like, well, well, that was a thing. Like, what was the point? So take it for what it is, I guess. I don't think it's bad, but I don't think it's amazing. I think it's an interesting movie and I do think watching it again will kind of help crystallize some, some real thoughts on it. Anyway, Tim, what'd you think? Um, I really, really liked it. Um, I, it was the Josh Brolin stuff that, um, it reminded me a lot of a serious man in a way where a serious man is kind of about the Jewish faith. You know, this is all about Josh Brolin's character, his Catholicism Mm -hmm. and his faith. And I really like that story. Um, that's kind of what hooked me. The stuff that didn't work for me and the reason what holds me back from loving it is the, is the, um, the communist the writer, the communists <laughs> of the writers, um, it just never really clicked with me. That was where it meandered the most for me because I really just wanted, they were, the Coens, it was so much fun for me to watch them jump around from old timey Hollywood movie to old time. That's why, yeah, I don't get the complaint either. That was, like, su- that was super fun. Like, it's so cool to watch them. It's like in Hugo. Um, oh yeah. When yeah. Scorsese like shoots um, an old Malays movie in 3D, and I'm sitting here going like, "This is amazing what I'm watching right now." Like yeah. he's remaking this in front of me, and I'm sitting here watching the Coens like remake old timey Hollywood epics and westerns, and the musical scene is awesome mm-hmm. in this. I kind of wanted them to just stop the movie there and make the Channing Tatum musical, the, <laughs> the Channing Tatum Navy sex comedy that they teased, <laughs> like because it looks so fun. Um, but it, that is where the 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 communists, the the writers who kidnapped George Clooney. Those scenes are where it kind of grind to a halt for me. Um, I still I still found enough humor in it though. The right one. They went on a little long. Yes. Yeah. But and they, I, yeah. Yeah. And it never it never really clicked with me. Um, but I that could be something when I watch it again. Um, that does. Uh, performance is good. I thought Josh, Josh Brolin was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought, oh god, the kid that played the cowboy was yeah. <laughs> was so good, and um, Ray Fiennes was awesome too. I forgot to mention. Yes, he really, yeah, he really stood out. In his... I loved that scene. Yeah. Just... Oh, it was the best scene in the movie. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was way too long. Didn't care. It no, was so I... funny. <laughs> so, um, and then Tatum was Tatum. There's one moment that I laughed so hard, <laughs> and it's it's the moment that's in a trailer as he jumps from boat to boat <laughs> that I think might be the funniest thing <laughs> they've ever put on screen. But there's this weird, I mean, Lou and Davis, it clicked with me too. And it's, I, it always feels like the Coens are off camera, like snickering at the people that are on camera. <laughs> and, and it clicked like Lou and Davis, the whole movie. I'm just like, are they kind of, they're like, they're just shitting on all these folk singers, like off camera. I'm like, that's amazing to me, but they still do it in a way where they respect the craft. I mean, this does a really good job balancing um, saying what movies are about, how important movies can be, and yeah. also just making fun of them. Yeah. <laughs> like the, We'll talk a little bit more about it in spoilers, yeah. but the last scene with George Clooney is perfect example of that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Um... Oh, <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> um... that is every picture I've ever seen of the Core Brothers, that's exactly what they look like. They're doing. They're just laughing at everything. <laughs> They're probably so rude. They're probably just the worst people to be around. Has has anybody Uh, ever seen um, Burn? Has everybody seen Burn After Reading? It was a long time ago. Okay, there's a reveal in the movie of a 
George Clooney's character the whole time has been working on a dildo chair for his yeah. wife, and it's revealed and like he's, it's real. Like the whole movie, he's working on something very important in the basement, but it's revealed to be a dildo chair. And then if you look online, I saw it. There's a picture of the Coens like standing proudly next to this dildo <laughs> chair they created, and I saw it this past week, and I went, "That's the funniest picture I've ever seen in my life." Oh my god, they're probably just like the two most like ironic hipstery you guys they're just like man we wrote this shit and it's really funny and mean and oh i just picture them with the headphones around their their necks just like standing there by the monitor just laughing like, look at george look what he's doing. george is like curled up in a lawn chair yeah no the, i think the best moment of that was Ugh. just the reaction shots of during the dailies of hail caesar of George Clooney, like, reacting to oh, the yeah, Christ. Yeah. Oh, all, all the different <laughs> yeah. takes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he's trying to do different things every time. And Have you guys uh, ever seen The Player? No. The, the Robert uh, Altman movie? Yeah, no, I have not. Oh, you have to yeah. watch it. Yeah. There's so many things about this movie that remind me of that. I think I watched the, in, the, yeah. the, the intro of The Player in Shabiro's class. Sure, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. This reminds me a lot of a Robert Altman movie, too. Mm. With the way yeah, The that. Player has a lot of that movie making insight and a lot of like jokes at how how funny really it's such a ridiculous process the movie does such a great job too of highlighting that how how insane and over the top and just absurd the process of making movies is and how we watch it and we get so sucked in and then like right off camera the, you're, you're yanking a mermaid tail off of Scarlett <laughs> Hansen and she's like swearing about it and it's it's funny it's really good uh, yeah I enjoyed the movie quite a bit um I do hear a lot of what Nick says, and that's just kind of what I've taken Coen Brothers movies to be, even a lot more of the dramatic ones. I feel like they're really good about just making these tales of consequence and watching them unfold. And it doesn't necessarily end with an exclamation point. It ends with a period, and that's what it is. Or an ellipsis. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, uh, And I think this movie does that, but I think it's okay for it. it does such a great job of showing these like high fidelity versions of these older style movies that I think as, as Tim said, like it's pretty remarkable that they're recreating it. And I think they even had to go like an extra length to make it look authentic in the shots where they're showing you what the movies look like. But then on top of that, to kind of show you the whole production is fantastic. There are beats of comedy in this movie that just, aimed right for my funny bone the shoe squeak is just <laughs> pure pure comedy gold to me <laughs> and i it, it was fantastic but um yeah i don't really know if there's I, I feel like there's a lot of historical context to this movie that i wish i had in terms of the communist writers and not knowing much about how that all went down at the time I would like to know more about it, and and maybe that would give me a little bit more on this movie as well. I know that Eddie Mannix is a real person as well, and I don't know much about him. So knowing more about that might be interesting as well. But um, overall, I think even without all of that historical context, it's still quite an entertaining movie to watch. And um, yeah, I don't know if there's much more to say outside of spoiler Terry. Okay. Any final thoughts? Alright, we're going to cross in the spoiler cherry for Hail Caesar. I will take a quick break and we'll be right back. Here we are in spoiler cherry for Hail Caesar. Uh, I just want to talk about things that I liked. And one of them was the, the whole plot for Scarlett Johansson to be able to adopt her own child. Yeah. And now there's a guy at the studio whose like job is just to figure out what legal loopholes he can <laughs> pull things through to make oh, it work so out. Funny. And then he's like, "This is interesting. This is exciting." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exciting. yeah. That was the line that you and I both just lost, yeah. and the whole rest of the theater was like crickets, <laughs> and I didn't even care. Like, this is hilarious. But it's just really funny to think of this guy who's just sitting there, like I don't know, probably writing cease and desist letters or something like that. And then all oh, of a yeah. sudden, Eddie walks up and is like, "Hey." How can we do this? And then he's like, yeah. <laughs> this is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that was really funny. So that was pretty good. And also Wayne Knight. <laughs> Forgot to mention Wayne yeah, Knight. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> but his, his scene with also Jeff Lewis, who was in 
the guild, like in the Felicia Day. Oh, Felicia Day's, that's where um, I recognize that guy from. Web series, the the two extras who kidnap George Clooney. Yeah, like that whole segment was very entertaining that was really to watch. Funny. But uh, Clooney was really good too. Mm-hmm. I like what a little. McPuss he was at the end there that was so funny when Manning starts slapping him around and he just falls right in line and yeah. just like <laughs> that was really funny apparently he didn't know that Brolin was gonna slap him yeah I did read that <laughs> genuine George Clooney reaction yeah it's pretty yeah, good that was funny <laughs> yeah and his whole oh, again it was hilarious cause the the scene at the end there where he goes out there and he gives his big final monologue in front of the cross and all that and it's like you see all the pieces coming together and the music is swelling mm-hmm. and Clooney's just crushing it and mm-hmm. and all the extras are into it and the scene's great and you, you see the ACs like looking and the scripty look up and the assistant director kind of taking note and everyone's like, wow, like that's, there's a star this right there. Movies. This is movies. Yeah, everything's going <laughs> And then all of a sudden he just forgets and then it, instantly the magic is ruined and <laughs> Fancy Brown is just like, yeah, it was pretty good. He, you almost, almost got it all that time. <laughs> really funny and instantly you're just like oh yeah these people are literally just it, they're showing up to work mm-hmm. and it goes with that line of uh, uh was it the communists that said it or i think i think josh bowen said something about like we're not we're not we're not making art we're making movies there was some line about yeah. that oh and then the scene where he's talking to all the religious officials was also hilarious yeah oh that's that was really that funny was so absolutely yeah, the, whoever that old uh that that uh that pastor was that was hilarious, and then the, the like southern Southern Baptist pre- preacher was also really funny. Yeah, the whole thing was really funny. And Brolin's uh, <laughs> wife, that was really good and sad. <laughs> that little tiny scene in the kitchen, I was like, man, this is like really probably what being a fifties housewife was like. Yeah, just... and it just was kind of a drag. <laughs> she's he's like, oh, I gotta go again. <laughs> yeah. She's like, okay, <laughs> see you later. You know, you know best. Isn't <laughs> that one line she said? I was like, oh, God. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was really interesting. I took a, I took a class, took two classes, uh, one semester of 1950s movies and one semester of 1960s movies. And the 50s class was really. I'm glad I took it now because watching this movie, I mean, I'm glad I took it in general because it was really interesting. Class, but this movie is really funny because we watch a lot of stuff. This is kind of like you know a lot of the big musicals and the big budget um, spectacle movie, religious movies was, was a big thing back then. What year does this take place in? Fifty four. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was all like right on, and uh, I remember that class was where I saw the only Fred Astaire Ginger Roger movie, Ginger Rogers movie I've ever seen. And again, it was just exactly like that. It was so funny. Like they mm. really. It feels like a movie that Scorsese would have made, actually. He's probably going to watch it and just eat it up. Yeah. and just totally love it. But, Tim, talk about Channing Tatum. <laughs> Channing Tatum. Throughout the movie, I was like, man, I really wish Tim was here so I could hear all of his reactions to all these Channing Tatum moments. <laughs> that scene, part of this movie, the 50s Hollywood, what's so great about that age in Hollywood and a lot of earlier Hollywood is so many of the people and the actors in this movie in the movies then were multi-talented and can mm-hmm. do so many different things. I mean, they could sing, they could dance, they acted. I mean, and you don't necessarily see that a lot yeah. anymore. And <laughs> Channing Tatum <clears throat> acts and dances. Renaissance, <laughs> he's a Renaissance man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's he in a way is kind of a throwback. Mm-hmm. I mean, a different sort, but I mean, Magic Mike is a little different than some of the, <laughs> but it's it's not really that much different than, than the Navy dance scene in this. Um, it was just less clothes. Yeah, that's about it. But no, I thought. I mean, it, uh, he's a good fit for the Coen Brothers because I think they they take advantage because they take they know how to take advantage of. They did it with Brad Pitt too and Bernard Fring. They know how to take advantage of a good looking guy and kind of his airheadedness at times too um and i think they do that with him and this the scene that was the scene where the scene where he jumps onto the sub i went what's happening here (laughs) (laughs) what's going on but then the dog jumps and he catches it and he jumps across i'm like this is the funniest thing i don't even care if it doesn't make that much sense to me and then the writer's dropping (laughs) the money into the uh yep um all really funny um the Part I wanted to touch on. Oh, <laughs> I wanted to touch on the Catholicism again, so we can we'll, we'll talk about yeah we can talk about politics and religion on this, but not too hard. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, 
No, it's just Josh Brolin. I was raised Catholic, and the Josh Brolin character, and the reason I he jumps through so many hoops and he's got his face the entire time. It reminded me so much of a serious man. And part of that Catholicism is trying to find meaning in what you're doing Mm -hmm. as a job. And the whole, um, the whole part where the guy from the airplane comes and offers him a job for more money. And then he's got to weigh it out whether or not he wants to do that, or he wants to keep dealing with these, these crazy people that he deals (laughs) with on a daily basis. And then, he go, he finds meaning in the movie he's making, and I thought that was a really cool thing. And I thought they did a nice job mirroring it with the way the movie was going on, like Nick said, and and just how like at the end of the day, like you're you're jumping through hoops in your mind and convincing yourself in your mind that all of it means something, mm-hmm. and you have to go through all these like really crazy things that don't make a lot of sense and in the end you just kind of have to convince yourself yeah we're doing it for a reason we're doing it um because this movie's important that we're making Mm -hmm. no matter how silly it is i mean there's one bar that borders on sacrilegious in this movie it's when they go up to jesus who's up on the cross and they're like you want a hot lunch or a cold lunch (laughs) i just went what (laughs) and i went that's really funny but um he doesn't even know if he's a principal or an extra yeah (laughs) Yeah, like he does the actor literally doesn't know that was funny (laughs) but that whole that whole idea of just trying to find meaning in what you do it's it's the it's why Spider Man's a great Catholic character, um, just, <laughs> just because it, it, it's not good for him and it's not good for his personal life. But he feels like he's drawn to it; it's his calling. He has to do it. Yeah. So, and that's kind of the way Josh Brolin's character is, and that, that's what I really liked. But there's an amazing scene where he where he walks up to the crosses on the hill at yeah. the end, and I thought, wow, God, that is gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's really good. So uh, that was the stuff I grasped onto the most, and I thought it was really funny. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything else? Lawrence Lorenz. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh, and Christopher Lambert. <laughs> Dude, yeah. oh, my God, that was funny. Everything about that was just hysterical. Did you, re- did you recognize him, Christopher uh, Lambert? I did not. Oh, my God. <laughs> we, were, we were sitting there, and he was talking. I was like, is that Christopher Lambert? And Alex was like, I don't know. And then when he pulled out his wallet, that shot of him skiing. Oh my <laughs> god, I laughed so hard. Oh, Christopher Lambert, man! No matter what he does ever, I'm just gonna think of Raiden, and then I'm gonna think of Mortal Kombat, yeah, and then I'm just gonna start laughing. Because <laughs> then I think of uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah. I think of uh, James Ramar trying to be Raiden, and then it's a whole other thing. So you guys nope. were just thinking about Judd Nelson and Mortal Kombat. I was trying really hard to think of Judd Nelson. This is what Hail Caesar together. prompted in our minds. Yeah, <laughs> makes you think. You could see we really got a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. No, that was that was super funny. I was like, why, why Christopher Lambert? I don't know, but yeah, uh, it doesn't matter. It was hilarious. It was it was funny. Um, the cowboy gentleman, I forget his name all the time, even in the movie. Like, Hobie. Hobie. Hobie, Hobie, yeah. yeah. Hobie was his name in the movie. That part, the part with Lawrence Lorenz, was so funny to me too because oh. I love. Their stories about like how silent film actors couldn't transition to like talkies yeah, because right. their voices were so ridiculous. Yeah. And part of me goes, "Oh, that's kind of a bummer." But then part of me is like, "That's so funny." <laughs> <laughs> so watching this guy who really has no experience in a drama, like, but he's like a big enough star, they're like just ship him off to another set on the lot yeah. and just do that for a while. Like that was watching someone out of an element. Like that was really, really funny. I mean, he, he was tremendous mm-hmm. in this. Oh yeah. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Like that was hilarious. I, I, what else has he been in? Not much. Not much yeah. okay. We looked him up afterwards. Cause I thought it was Sebastian Stan for almost the whole time. <laughs> and I was like, man, this Bucky slaying it in this movie. <laughs> uh, he was really funny. Yeah. And I, I, lo- I really loved the, the moment where you're getting, you're about to see what ended up becoming of that scene, and then Francis McDormand like gets her scarf caught, and like yes. it makes you wait, and you're like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> annoying, and then you <laughs> finally get to see, and they just rewrote the line to be like simpler and cleaner and so much better as, than what they as had. few words as possible. <laughs> yeah, but it worked so yeah. much better yeah. than uh, than what the actual line was, which I can't remember now because even though they said it. Yeah. 60 times yeah. right would, would that it were be so something <laughs> would that it was a simple yeah and yeah. just slurring it right or, oh god that was funny yeah would that it were to be so simple or, yeah yeah and it was it was really great and it reminded me of like how many stories you read about in, in movies all the time where something had to get cut down for some reason or another and it ended up being better yeah and uh, that was just kind of a cool little thing to sneak in there 
Alden Ehrenreich was in Beautiful Creatures. That oh, weird. that's right. Yeah, Amy told and me about that. He's yeah, also yeah. in Stoker and Blue Jasmine as well. Oh, he's in Stoker. Yes. Okay. Okay. I like Stoker quite a bit. I don't remember him in it, but. Yeah, I don't think because Matthew Good was. Like and then I the saw main Blue Jasmine guy. as well. That's funny. <laughs> so you've had some run-ins with, <laughs> with him in the past. Alden. Yeah. yeah. And he blended in. This apparently. was this was his best performance. I yeah. Think. Yeah. yeah. Hilda Swin, always good. Yeah. Yes, playing twins. twice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good. Two very different twins. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, the good. communist stuff is interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to let that marinate for a little. Yeah, bit. I'm familiar with a lot of what was going around at that time, but not as maybe familiar as it should be too. Yeah, I won I wonder what it would do to. Add to the experience of this particular movie. Right. Because I think that was, you know. I mean, it's a pretty well-documented, the red, the red scare that swept yeah. through Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, people got people got blacklisted all up and down in a lot of writers because they were, you know, the more, like, liberal, free-thinking yeah. part. So I, I, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised when it showed up in this movie, but I kind of was. I was like, oh, wow. This movie's really, like, getting broad with how many things <laughs> it's starting to talk about, how many characters there are. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny, though. The whole the submarine, yeah, that, that, was, <laughs> that kind that kind of thing does happen in Coen it Brothers does, movies, yeah. right? Yeah, like there's mm-hmm. some. I I want to say supernatural, but it's not like a submarine is that supernatural. It's just very Out of overt, the yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, a little over the top, yeah, yeah. exactly, and unexpected. But but it, that is like a common Coen Brothers yeah. element. And then I was like, oh, there's a there's a submarine coming out of the water right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, when they're rowing out there and he's like lining up his house yeah. with the rocks. I was like, are they about to summon Cthulhu? Like, what is what's <laughs> about thought, to happen? I thought his here? house was going to explode or something. I thought like so that. too. Yeah. And, but then the, the fucking sub starts. But then I just heard the ping the noise <laughs> yeah. and just started laughing. Yep, that's another uh, that, thing. The sound. Yeah, we talked about that right away. Their use of sound in this movie is so the, good. The squeaky the, shoes and the. On wings as eagles. Yeah. Did you hear the eagle? <laughs> oh my god! Eagle screech noise. Yeah. <laughs> the pinging of the submarine. Yeah. I'm sure there were more. There, there were some really beautiful moments with with the sound. Just hearing, hearing the shoe squeak through the door as he's walking, <laughs> and even having him, him not being able to open and shut the door yep. properly yeah. was just funny. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually felt so bad. I was watching like, man, you get all these like serious drama actors, and they're like. Ugh. Waiting on this cowboy. Yeah. All right. I think that about wraps up our review of Hail Caesar. Where was this on your guys anticipated? I forgot. Oh, we didn't. Didn't we not have this on any? Oh, of ours? I did. I. You guys, all three, of you guys did. I thought. Let me pull open my list and see. Yeah. I famously did not have it and lamented it for the rest of the episode. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I remember for some reason I yeah. Let me see if I can find my list. Well, yeah, that was my number eight. And I think it was a solid number eight. Oh, I had number four. So wow, yeah. number yeah. four. And number four, it lived up. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> absolutely. So far, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Just counting on Rob Zabby now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pull through again. We'll see. <laughs> Another master. We'll see. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. That's where you can write to us. Let us know what you think of the show and the things that we talk about. Let us know you're out there. Even if you write me and say, hey, I listen to your show. That's great because yeah. I don't know that people do that all the time. <laughs> so Yeah, and include your top five. Uh... Yeah, and if, if we're going to do our top five talk, you want to let us know what you think your top five movies of all time are. Let it, let me know, and I'm gonna compile it all, and we'll 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 talk Should about. Do it. that, and then review top shy. five starring Chris Rock. There you go, which there is go. pretty good actually. I heard it's pretty <laughs> yeah. fantastic. I also, actually that was one of the the few movies I because I did download some Amazon Prime stuff. I mostly downloaded a bunch of Fringe episodes. Yeah, but top nice. five was one of the movies, and I didn't end up watching it yet. So I do want to see it. Yeah, we can be uh, people can be anonymous. We don't have to say their names. Yeah, if you wish we can to make be up a name anonymous. like we did for David Steele. If you wish to be anonymous, let me know in the email, and I won't say your name if you want to give us your top five. But or you can make up a sweet pseudonym, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I provoked her. Uh, we're at MFN Pod at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, all that good stuff. You heard it at the top of the show. Next week, this weekend, we got Deadpool and Zoolander two. I don't know how it's going to shake out. So we need to hotly anticipated do both. some yeah do some discussion yeah figure out what's the week after what that we is it Vivovich? 
Potentially. I don't know. Let me take a look real quick. There's something else at the end of the month, too. Yeah. February is actually becoming a, yeah. a reasonable month for movies. Yeah. We're gone <laughs> are the days of Underworld 2. <laughs> I'm bummed. I didn't make it out for... Willie and I always talk about January is like the dump month for horror yeah. movies. And there were a couple... The Boy in the Forest came out. Mm. And Willie and I were like, oh, God. Like, that's some Darkness Fall stuff there. But we we didn't make it out. But that's I'll watch Even em. better, you get the VOD experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way it was meant to be <laughs> Yeah, the the Vich is next week, and awesome. Eddie the Eagle and Gods of Egypt are the week after. Oh, man. Gods of Egypt. <laughs> Here we come. Yeah, Eddie so. the Eagle, I want to see that. I think it looks kind of cute. Yeah. Uh. All right. All right. Thanks for recording a new episode. <laughs> no problem. That's yeah. good. I missed it for my weeks that I was in Japan. Yeah, thanks to, you may not have realized, thanks to the magic of the recorded word, <laughs> yeah. but we actually have not recorded anything <laughs> in like three weeks. You know, you probably realized from how much I stammered through this episode, <laughs> how, how long it's been since we've actually recorded an episode. So. I was actually driving over here and down the long and eternal road of <laughs> Catalpa, and I was yeah. like, man, it's been a while since I had to make this drive. <laughs> like, it's some voyage. It's the slow west of my week. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> It doesn't make sense. It should take like nine minutes to get here, and it always takes like eighteen. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's the magic, the magic of Catalpa. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. All right, Calix, why go watch a movie? Yeah.